Hi, welcome to Nanny Navigates with your host, Nanny, aka Vaishnavi Venkatesh. I had a mission. I wanted young people to see themselves represented in a podcast and feel like they have a voice in the world. Join me as I navigate through ideas, issues, and topics that today's youth deals with in a podcast made for young people by a young person. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Today, Nanny Navigates is launching an all-new mini-series about career. For most people, choosing a career takes a lot of thought, and we usually start to think about these things when we reach high school, trying to figure out what we want to do with the rest of our lives. I know I am. So each episode, we'll be meeting a different person from a wide range of professions who pursued their dreams and succeeded. Hopefully, this mini-series will help you pursue your own success and you'll have all the advice, help, and information you'll need to do it. If you recall, in episode two of Nanny Navigates called It's Time for Lunch, I spoke with Chef Dan Juusti about making school lunch delicious under constraints. He is the former head chef of Noma and is the founder of Brigade, an organization assembling teams of talented and motivated chefs to apply their culinary expertise to improve the offerings of institutional food service operations. We actually also spoke that day about how he first got into the culinary arts and his journey from there to becoming the head chef at Noma and from there to Brigade. He's an amazing example of someone using their passion to drive their career. So I thought he would be a great first guest on the mini series. Mm-hmm. Why did you first choose to become a chef? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I come from a big Italian family uh, and I moved from where the majority of my extended family lives when I was around uh, eight years old. So I used to live around all of my aunts and uncles and they would cook all the time and we would visit them and we'd have these big dinners. And then we moved away. And when we moved away, I really missed kind of those meals and that food. So when I was about 10, 11, even at that age, I started to kind of become interested how I could potentially make some of these meals uh, myself when I was at home. And my one aunt in particular used to make it look so easy. So I just assumed it was easy. And then I would start to try to make things at home. And of course I was very young um, and I would fail miserably. And it, it spurred this interest in me to try, <clears throat> excuse me, to try to figure out how to make these things. So then every time I would visit her specifically, I would spend time with her. She would show me how to do things. And that's where the interest started. And then when I entered high school, um, as you know, it's competitive and people quickly start to talk about where are you going to college? What do you want to do? And um, I was interested in cooking and I asked, I think it was a basically there was a career fair type situation and someone had come from a culinary school and I asked them, I said, well, you know, I like cooking. Uh, what should I do? What, what, what is the pathway um, to do this? And the woman told me, get a job, get a job cooking to see because there's a very big difference between cooking at home and then pursuing it as a profession. So she told me to get a job and I got a job. And um, 
honestly, I just loved, there's one thing about cooking, but I loved the atmosphere that I was introduced to working in a restaurant. So I kind of, I started working when I was 15. I was a sophomore in high school and I just never really looked back. I didn't really consider any other career at that point. Um, yeah, and that was it. And that's the only job I've ever had actually. Oh, wow. So from that point, when you first really decided that you had a passion for becoming a chef, um, can you share your journey to becoming a chef at Noma? Well, how did you get to, from that point to this point? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, it's really, I, I think the best way to explain that without talking about it for too long is, you know, when I said I got into cooking, I got into cooking because um, a lot of it had to do with, again, my family and the idea of, I think in everyone's family, they have, there's some people that really enjoy cooking and they really enjoy hosting people at their home. So come holiday time, I feel like um, through my conversations with friends, I feel like there's always those people in, in, in people's extended families where if it's a holiday, you want to go to their house because they do a really good job cooking or they do a really good job hosting. And then there's some other people that maybe don't do such a good job cooking and maybe the food's not as good. And for me, that's kind of why I got into it. I really, my one aunt, like I said, in particular, she cooked so well. And when you went there, you almost felt like it was your home. She really took care of you. She was very hospitable. And that's why I got into cooking. And then when I went to culinary school, all of a sudden it became about kind of big name chefs, fancy restaurants, uh, and this kind of the glory of being a world renowned chef. And, and that's where things switched for me. And basically from that point on, until I got to Noma, the decisions that I made in my career were very much geared towards getting to know, getting to that place, getting to like the highest level. So I traveled a lot after culinary school. I moved to Italy. I worked in Italy for a little bit. I worked in Washington, DC. I worked in New York city. I moved to Las Vegas at one point. I really moved around a lot and I was chasing kind of this idea of, man, I want to be that chef that that's at the top of the game, you know? And finally, I actually, I was working as a chef of a restaurant in Washington, DC, and I was, I was the chef in charge. Um, I was making a good salary. I was getting good press. And I still had this itch of like going to the top. And, you know, I had worked in some good restaurants as I traveled around, but I'd never worked in a restaurant to the caliber of Noma. Again, Noma was considered the best restaurant in the world, in all the world, not the country, not the city, not the state, the world. So I literally, I was the head chef of this restaurant in Washington. I was like 27 years old. And I said to myself, you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing, but I wanna see, like, I, I still had this itch to go to the top. So I made a list of restaurants. It was like three restaurants and they were the, basically the best restaurants in the world, if you can imagine. Um, that that's actually a thing and you know the top restaurant was Noma and I wrote to them and I went there on like a tryout and that's kind of how it works like if you think of trying out for sports for example um, you know people associate your your traditional job with a job interview and in restaurants oftentimes that interview process is you go there for an extended period of time maybe it's a couple of days maybe it's a couple of weeks and you basically try out you work 
you just work and they watch you and then they determine if you are you know capable of doing the job so i went to noma for two weeks on like this trial this tryout if you will and when it was over they told me they didn't really have a position available but i was like hooked i went there and i was so amazed by the restaurants, you know, they were representing like 25 nationalities in terms of the staff that worked there. And it was just, there were ingredients being used I'd never seen before. It was just like, it was like I went to a different planet. And even though there wasn't a job available, I wanted to work there. And I asked them, I said, I understand there's not a job available if I can get a visa because I was going to work in Copenhagen, Denmark. That's where the restaurant is. Um, and I was willing to work without pay, would you allow me to come back here? And they said, yeah, if that's what you want to do. So I went back to my, again, good job that I had in, in Washington. And I, and I quit my job. I put my notice in and I moved to, to Denmark without a paying job. I got myself a visa and I was 27 years old and I, and I moved there without a paying job and I worked for free momentarily. And, uh, but it was all again, this like search for, you know, working at this highest level and, you know, make this kind of big sacrifice. I moved there with my dog and, <laughs> and, um, finally I got a paying job and I ended up working there. But, you know, again, it was all about this idea of trying to go as high as I could go. Wow. So how did you, get, <laughs> how did you go from, as you described, you know, like a different planet that place, the top, yeah. how did you, what compelled you from going, from that to switching to launching brigade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These, these are the decisions and the questions that my mother asked me as well when I was making them, it's giving her, making her very anxious about all these things. Um, well, you know, I, I, I was able to work my way up at Noma to become the head chef and it gave me the confidence in myself. So, you know, when it came time to think about what was next, you know, working in a place like Noma, there's a lot of pressure um, when people expect it to be the best meal they've ever had in their life. It's really a lot of pressure when you work there. So I loved working there. But, you know, after I was there for about four years, it was time to move on to the next phase of my life. And, you know, I really put a lot of thought into it. You know, I was at that time, I think I was like 31 years old. And it was like, well, what's next for me? should I open my own restaurant? Um, and because I was the head chef there, I had a lot of options open to me. I could have made a lot of different choices. And again, it gave me the confidence to really think about what did I want? Why do I do this in the first place? Like, why am I cooking? And it really brought me back to why I got into cooking in the first place. And it was more about, you know, like I thought of my aunt and like hosting people and taking care of people, and feeding people. And, you know, when you work at a restaurant, like Noma, it's amazing. But you know, you're 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 cooking for people who have a lot of money, who have the means to travel across the world. You know, we would have people who would literally come fly in on a private jet for lunch, eat lunch, and then fly back out. I mean, that's the kind of situation we had. And I was just thinking, and that's you know, that's super cool. Don't get me wrong, but I thought to myself, you know, I want to cook in a way that we are feeding people. We are feeding people that don't necessarily have the money to just go out and eat whatever they want. And I wanted to feed a lot of people, you know, again, in a restaurant like Noma, you're feeding a very small amount of people every day. I thought I wanted to wake up every day and think we are feeding millions of people 
every day. And something that's very unique to working in a school is I wanted to feed people every day and feed them, you know, because when you can feed people every day, you have a real opportunity to not only take care of them because again, they're there every day, you're feeding them as you would say in your home when, you know, you're eating in your home. Um, but you have the opportunity to really change the way they live their life. If you're feeding people every day and you have the opportunity to make the food better that they're eating every day, you really have an opportunity to change the way they eat, the way they think about food. So this is kind of where the idea started. I thought a lot about how I could do that and I wasn't really sure how I could do that. But I ended up stumbling upon a newspaper article that was one of many over time that was addressing the school food issue that we have in our country that people are not happy with um, in a lot of places, not happy with the food that's being served in schools. And I just got, I read it and I got interested in, in some of the challenges and why is it so difficult to make food good in a school? And there are so many challenges. And as I read through these challenges, I realized that as, as difficult as it is, there are many of those challenges that were very appropriate to be fixed or addressed, I should say, by chefs. And there are not a lot of chefs who choose to work in school food. When I went to culinary school, we weren't, when I was 18 and in culinary school, we weren't talking about, let's go work in schools. You know, we were talking about, again, let's work in the big time fancy restaurant. So I just thought to myself, that's what I should do. And I looked around the country to understand maybe how I could get into it. And I didn't see something that jumped out at me in terms of how I could join. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to start my own company. I had no background in business, nothing like this, but I started a company it's called Brigade. And the only really thing I knew about what Brigade would be, it was going to take chefs like myself who traditionally chose to work in restaurants or hotels and get them to think about, take their experiences and their knowledge and apply it to school food. And that was the basis of everything. I started a company on that. And obviously that's not enough information <laughs> to start a business, but I knew that's kind of what the core of it would be. And I left Noma, started a business with just that idea. That's kind of where it all started. aspiring chefs out there who are having to seriously reconsider their plans and aspirations because of how um, severely COVID has impacted specifically the restaurant and culinary industry. So yeah. having that in mind, if you could write a letter to your teen self, um, what message would you give, especially regarding this? That's a, that's a, that is a wonderful question. Um, Obviously, it's it's a wonderful question. Of course, it's a difficult situation. Um, many of my peers and friends are either work in restaurants or own and operate restaurants, and they are having very uh, difficult times. But um, I would send this same message to a lot of my friends and peers, the idea that, and even COVID-19 aside, I think the message I would write to myself as a teen or aspiring chefs to really consider 
a career in institutional food. Now we haven't used the term institutional food, but this is food in a public school. This is food in a hospital. This is food in a senior center. Basically places where um, you're serving meals that in most cases have to be made in a very, with a very small budget. Um, they have to follow some kind of nutritional guidelines and you're feeding people who really need it most. And the people you're feeding don't have much of a choice as to where they're eating. So it's such an important place to cook, to make food. And it's just because it's not, you know, the fancy restaurant and because you don't see it on the food network, a lot of young chefs or aspiring chefs don't consider it as a career. And it's an amazing career and it's a challenging career. And it's a career where you can make so much impact in the lives of people. Um, so that's what I would say, because you know what? I started cooking when I was 15, like I said, professionally, and I didn't think about that until I was 30. And for me, it's the perfect career, but it took me that long. You know, I, and, and I started like the only job I've ever had in my passion has always been cooking, but it took me still that long to find what type of cooking makes me that happy. And it's cooking in schools and you know, I think if somebody introduced that idea to me earlier on, it probably would have made a lot of sense to me. Um, so that's what I would say. I would encourage all young chefs out there. And then I'm saying it's for everyone, but they should at least consider it because definitely it is for some of them. And they can make such a difference, such a difference. I mean, imagine if, you know, young chefs, if they're 20 years old, getting into school food, by the time they're 30, they're going to know so much. Like we've only been doing it for a few years. So it's really exciting to think of, of young people taking this up as a career because I think they can make such a difference. It really would, would be amazing to see. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Nanny Navigates. I really enjoyed talking with Chef Dan Juusti about his journey from first getting into the culinary arts to Noma to Brigade. I've released a new blog post under which you can comment what profession or who you'd like to hear more from in this all-new career mini-series. My blog, nannynavigates.com, is up and running, so please subscribe for regular updates about upcoming episodes. Thank you all so much for listening to Nanny Navigates, and until next time, keep exploring. <laughs>